0: Hey everyone, I'm Veronica Roshek and I'm your host of the Amplify Iowa podcast. This is a place to hear the stories of our favorite, some of the fastest growing and some super unique local businesses directly from their leaders. Thank you so much for being here. Let's go ahead and get started. Today I am at Blue Bean Bluebean is a co-working and coffee shop space where you can find coffee that you love, community that you want, and productivity that you need. This business is owned by Carlos Rojas and his wife, Jimena. In addition to this space, Carlos also is a co-founder with Jeff Reed of BizLab, which also has their business hosted out of this same space. BizLab is a design, innovation, and consulting firm with a human-centered approach to solving modern business challenges. Both Carlos and Jeff, thanks so much for taking the time to be a part of an episode with me. Yes, absolutely.
1: Yeah, thank you for having us on.
0: Absolutely. If you could just tell us a little bit first about how Bluebean came to be, and then also about BizLab and how, how you have created this business as well.
1: Sure, I'll let Carlos tell about Bluebean. I just have the benefit of being a co-founder, and (laughs) Bluebean is a benefit I picked up. Yeah, it's a huge benefit. So, (laughs)
2: Um, so uh, just like you said, Bluebean is a co-working um, space, and uh, maybe maybe the bigger question is why Ankeny. Um, It was actually to my surprise when we were doing the uh, research and demographics, we came to find out that Ankeny is. Not only a growing uh, you know city by um, just its citizens and participants, but there's a lot of people who are business for self. Yeah. So when I started getting introduced to the actual local chamber and started having conversations with the business community, um, it really became very obvious that there is a very active entrepreneurial community. Um, some of them uh, obviously have you know very visible businesses, but others are operating uh, from their basements, home offices. So it made it a very interesting concept to move, uh, go after. And um, so we, t- we decided to, to see what the model will look like. And I think uh, Bluebean sort of represents a very tailored um, approach towards working in working in a suburban city. And that's the reason why we have a coffee shop experience as well. We wanted to make sure that people uh, felt very comfortable coming in, uh, being you know comfortable with the experience of a coffee shop, but then having the ability to introduce a concept that to some may be new, and some uh, are accustomed in finding in bigger metro areas, so that's that's how came, uh, Bluebean came to be.
0: Yeah, and in addition to that, how nice is it to, as you're a small business owner and meeting with people, to have the option of having like just that neutral zone of a coffee shop, while also being so close to having your more private office space to be able to just kind of have a. I don't know, like a glider of how <laughs> how you could use each space. So I like that concept.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's extremely nice to be able to meet someone at a coffee shop and walk 15 feet. Yeah. And you're where you need to go versus driving somewhere. Mm-hmm. So we enjoy that a lot.
0: That's awesome. And you want to tell us a little bit then about how BizLab has integrated into this space as well and. In- what exactly BizLab is, how you've come into partnership, (laughs) all of these things?
1: (laughs) Yeah. um, Well, like Carlos alluded to, you know, Bluebean is about the community. And something that really, um, I guess, fully embodies the community aspect is, uh, like you said, how how BizLab came to be. So almost two years ago, I took the jump, quit my job, um, and actually started my own consulting firm, Standalone. um, And we've often... Joked a lot that we never would have quit our jobs and then done, you know, started a business or built something with someone else. We wanted to be the decision makers. Yeah. Um, and I started actually working out of Bluebean. Um, my wife is the one who pushed me to work somewhere. Uh, not I'm not a great work from home candidate, so this is <laughs> definitely what I needed. Um, and then we just started having conversations about what we do. Carlos was doing a lot of consulting through uh, the Bluebean brand. I was doing my own work. And one day he had a client in and said, hey, why don't you join me? We think alike, let's just tackle this challenge together. We did, uh, I always compare it to that like, first time a, a you know father and son play catch and like the kid doesn't know how to grab the ball or the dad throws it to her, like it was that kind of awkward moment. We got through our first engagement together and then we really said, hey, I think we have something here and spent what, the next year, testing, failing, learning as fast as we could uh to create what is now Bizlab.
0: Yeah. Uh so then within that being design, innovation and consulting. Those are all really big loaded words. What exactly do you do with a business? Is there a set process? Is it different every time? Can you walk us through what that looks like?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um actually you you bring up a good point. They're they're very fancy big words. What we really specialize is in if you if you can think of a business as a journey, and yeah. you actually um, we, we were commenting this a, a little bit before we started this, but it is about that growth journey. Mm-hmm. So what we really focus is on uh, it, it's in a it's in a process that it's very agile in nature, but it has one unique um, um, premise, and that is everything that you design you design it through the lens of those who you're going to be serving. So you, you really do it based on the lens of your target audience, your consumer, your, your best customer. Um, so and, and the reason why we, I mean, again, if you want to down, um, um, downplay or if you want to simplify the word you know design and innovation, it's truly a, an idea management um, navigation system, if you will. So we have, and yes, we do have a process that really navigates an idea from wherever state uh, it currently is, so it could be a paper, paper napkin drawing, yeah, or it could be you know your evolution of your business 2.0 where you're trying to expand, but it's truly just navigating an idea from point A to point B, um, and again doing it in a very smart way with the input of those who you're designing your solution for.
0: Yeah. So you, yeah, you're you're that consultant that can take that whole process and actually put it into action. It's like, yes, I have this idea or this thing we want to do. And how do we actually get it done? How do we move it forward? How do we create a piece of our business or our whole business out of that and make it successful? Is that uh, pretty accurate for how that would go?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think the, the fun balance that we have is we always talk about our journey as being on a plane ride. Yeah. And Carlos is really great at being the pilot in the beginning, getting it off the ground, um, taking it to 30,000 feet, 60,000, and then probably circling the moon somewhere. Mm -hmm. Um, And then when we need to land that, that's where we switch seats, and I go from being the co-pilot to the pilot, and how do we actually create actionable steps out of that? We see a lot of times that solutions for businesses get talked about, but they Mm -hmm. get shelved. For us, we wanna create a solution for a business make it something actionable, increase the, you know, potential for adoption and make it happen because no one no one wants to hire someone and just have something that's put in a binder and they don't use. Right. We truly want to yeah. see results in action that come out of it and it's ultimately to create impact and that's usually what we experience with our with our clients.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. And so in going through that process and I know you work with lots of sizes and businesses that are certainly well established and even nonprofits, all sorts of spaces. But uh, just to kind of like take that journey as a brand new business, I feel like that's really fun. Uh, And because you have both done that yourselves, you both came from established um, corporate type positions and then decided to move out of that to start your own ideas and uh, have really like adopted that journey how do you go from uh being in that position to doing that on your own and how like for someone else do you want to walk through what that's like
2: yeah wow (laughs)
1: that's a loaded Loaded. there is a lot there um i'm good at that (laughs) yeah (laughs) Maybe, Carlos, you want to unpack a couple <laughs> things, and I'll, yeah. I'll chime in along yeah. the way. Then you'll land the plane. Yeah. 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 All right. Yeah.
0: You can take um, us so up high
2: first. Yeah. So actually, <laughs> um, you know, your, your question has actually been asked uh, of me quite a bit, um, especially for just people who knew me. And uh, every time that I actually interact with somebody who we haven't seen or we've seen when I was still living in my, my past life in, in corporate America... It's the, the natural question, how, how did it go and how'd you do it? Um, for me, the, the best analogy is, um, so you, you definitely need to take a leap. And uh, yeah, there is a little bit of, uh, of, uh, of fear there, but consider this, and for any of those who are listening and have ever skydived, um, which by the way, for the record, I did it once, I would never do it again. <laughs> Um, but it's truly taking that jump. Um, so you know, if you think about the corporate life, uh, you sort of feel that, well, you're safe and you're in a perfectly fine um, airplane. The question is, why would I jump, All right? Um, but once you do, I think, again, entrepreneurship is uh, jumping out of an airplane without a parachute. Yeah. Um, and you have to sort of build your parachute as uh, on your way down. Um, I um, I think, uh, and again, uh, one one of the best experiences that I've had is um, I think everybody uh, in in at some point in time has thought about doing their own thing. It's uh, it's the risk and fear of the unknown what stops us from taking that next step. Um, but here are, here are some great uh, things that I I think would have helped me to take the leap sooner. Mm-hmm. Um, the community exists and it's huge. Meaning, um, we didn't. We didn't get to the point, I didn't get to the point where I started Blue Bean alone. I had a lot of people who mentored me. I had a lot of people who were willing to sit down with me and give give me their business journey story. Um, and, I mean, we just talked about it with, you know, what happened with Jeff. And then my journey wasn't over. And then I actually found, you know, the best complement who then became my business partner. So there's always, you will find a community that first supports you. But the puzzle pieces start, uh, they, they start coming together naturally, sort of like your parachute yeah. starts becoming, uh, you know, more real. But here's the fun, uh, you know, I'll end it with the, with, with, the, with an interesting twist. As you're falling and as you're getting ready to, you know, deploy this parachute that you've been sort of building, you all of a sudden realize that you actually don't need it. Mm. And And that's part of the evolution that where you say, okay, well, actually this... Um, so it, you don't have to actually land; you just have to learn how to glide. And uh, so there's a lot of learning experiences that you take um, that that sort of come to re, uh, realization once you're you, once you're on the air, right? Once you're free. Yeah. Balling. Yeah. So,
1: yeah, I would say maybe to just add to that, I, I you know, when we work with businesses and there are people who want to take the jump, you know, our goal is to help them de-risk their risk-taking journey. And again, that's, uh, if it sounds counterintuitive, right? But if you really break that down, we want to help people walk through the steps that ultimately make them either do quit their job or don't quit their job. But it's actually less risky than if they would have just you know, been frustrated and given their two-week notice on a Thursday. Um, sure. We really walk through those steps of helping, helping people understand what's the value in the community. Is there a space for my solution? Are there gaps out there? Does it actually connect with people? Am I serving the right audiences and getting to that point? Uh, Because we've, we've been there. We've gone through the ups and downs of making sure our, our messaging, our value connects with the right people. Um, and to Carlos's point, the community is what's helped shape that. Uh, as, as someone who, and I'm maybe a little crazy, quit my, my, my wife owns a business and, and obviously I'm involved in this, but I quit my job three weeks before our second child was born. Um, so people are like, How do you quit your job and then have a second kid and both of you are self employed? <laughs> but it's truly what, what grabbed me or caught me was the community and people that you know your network's gonna follow you, where you go and how you personally brand yourself and the connections you make. That's truly what, you know, brings you along or helps build your business vision.
0: Yeah. Okay, there was a lot of really good stuff there to follow up the to questions. So, <laughs> <Go laughs> so that was good. No, I like, I really like that idea of the gliding and then also de-risking both of those pieces because what prevents a lot of people is they get so stuck on that how and what if I don't get that how done and then what if I just fall flat on my face and can't move forward. Yep. Uh, and so in that, uh, how, <laughs> the how, um, as because you are like everyone I've been through it we've all been through it and we know it's going to happen and you just you wish you knew in advance what was going to happen down the road that was going to knock you on your face Uh, how do you go about that with uh, as you're trying to develop and innovate these big ideas and get them into place how do you deal with that sense of risk and hey we know something's going to go wrong but it's we're going to get through it like you just have to go, right? You got to go. What advice or how do you navigate that whole feeling because I feel like that's what kind of cripples a lot of us or freezes us in our spot is that we just don't know how bad it's going to get or what's going to happen.
2: Right. Yeah. I think so it's it's interesting what happened. Uh, so uh, I <laughs> Uh, we, we really want to turn the page and don't talk about 2020, but I think yeah. th- it's relevant to talk about it. <laughs> it is. Um, so one one of the steps that used to be harder uh, when having conversations with potential you know businesses that we could engage and help was actually what you just described. Because um, sometimes we would be having conversations with business owners. And the, the relevance or need was something that was, wasn't there. Meaning they would say um, like the urgency for transformation wasn't there. And it was an option for many, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you could be having a really good business model and say, well, I really don't need to transform. I mean, why, why would I need to innovate, quote, unquote. Um, but 2020 made that very clear to everybody. So to answer your question, I would say, um, obviously we do, we continue to leverage the, the pandemic phenomena as, as the example of at the end of the day, even if you're, I mean, regardless of how worst case scenario becomes, you will go through it, right? There Mm -hmm. will be, there will be a process where you're probably not going to like and hate the situation Um, But that's where I think from a capability perspective, it can be a company of one, but it's your own ability to change. If you are open to change and you take the challenge head on, um, it is a process that at the end of the day will come out with better solutions. I mean, think about all the great things that have come out of the pandemic. Right, and because we, it, it, it's, easy, it's easy to sort of navigate and, and revolve around the negative implications which we have, and we're all very well-versed. Yeah. But think about, uh, uh, you know, from, I, again, we, I don't know how many clients we've helped, and, um, you know, the pandemic has actually taught many of them about, uh, you know, operational effectiveness and efficiency. So doing n- not only what they used to, but actually creating more impact, scaling more, with less, you know, less cost, uh, so working smart, smarter um, has so. There's been a lot of uh, great learnings that, from a business perspective, I think nowadays it should be easier for you to justify the power of just having the uh, having a moment to think. What could your business look like? Um, you know, if if something were to happen mm-hmm. again, um, you know, summarizing 2020. Um, you know, how, how do you survive an economy that doesn't move, doesn't transit, doesn't spend money? Um, well, a lot of businesses have actually very effectively learned how to answer that. And for everybody who has survived or maybe is, is, in, is in a transition, uh, you know, something that didn't really go well, that's still a win. Mm-hmm. Because just as long as you, you learn how to package that and really learn how to fail forward. Mm-hmm. Right, so I think uh, again, innovation, getting people prepared and and paralyzed. I think yes, you're right. It's true. Um, it, it's 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 a scary feeling, but I would just say anybody who is thinking about that, just think about what we just went through. We're still going through it. Yeah. Um. But even the worst case scenario has the ability to has a path forward.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Add to that.
1: No, I think Carlos hits it head on. I think truly just embracing that mindset of change knowing that um, we one of our internal sayings is you know we we always live in the beta Mm -hmm. because wherever we're at today is not we're going to be we're not going to be where we're at tomorrow Mm -hmm. we're going to continue to keep evolving and evolving and evolving and i think we've seen that through the pandemic as carlos alluded to that companies that stayed are falling by the wayside it's the ones who wanted to be proactive and be on that leading edge, or as we refer to it a lot of times, the bleeding edge, right? The cutting yes. edge of what the possibilities could be. Yes. Um, and that's typically how we tackle challenges is we land in what's possible today, what's possible in the near future, but what's possible way in the future. And so that helps. And by versioning so- solutions for organization, it does create you know a strategic framework forward on things that they can do so they can continue to evolve. So... we really see embracing living in the beta.
0: That makes sense, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I love that. I've talked to um, a few different people in uh, this sector of space, I would say, which would include business consulting, but really what you're doing is also very different from that, I would say, at the same time. But if I had to label you, which I don't like labeling, but if I was going to do that, uh, then in that sector of space, Um, I feel like a lot of people kind of were like oh well businesses you know this is something that is going to get cut out of the budget in a time like last year in a time of a pandemic or we're not going to proceed with that sort of piece of the puzzle Um, but in how you just described all of that and what you're able to do really that all of a sudden becomes the number one priority like how do we you know how do you make those major changes or use it as a time to make those changes because everything else is already happening? Why not go ahead and change it now? Uh, what? Uh, so during this past year or so, as you've evolved into this being like the business here, what do you guys, what have you enjoyed? What has gone really well for you? And yeah, like who have you enjoyed working with? What's what's been a good experience? Well, again, you you have
2: really good questions. Yeah, thanks, Carlos. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so I think um, so. I would I would say de- uh, definitely the mindset is uh, actually really piggybacking on my last comment. Um Before it was hard sometimes to connect with why why would you need to take a an innovative approach to solving uh, any type of business challenge because that's truly you know maybe how we would want to differentiate is if you have a challenge wh- whether it's a very simplistic you know uh, how do we I mean should we open um, you know more hours? what are hours of operation, whether it's a very simple challenge or a very complex challenge. Um, our approach always takes it to the to to the, to the phase where we have actually have the ability to dream and design for extremes, and that's typically a step that a lot of business businesses don't take, just because of I think you know one of them it's because it's easier to just go with the obvious solutions. Um, so I I think for us. Um, and again uh, this you just to create empathy just as any business owner and going back to you know jumping out of a plane uh, when when covid hit you know jeff and i had a really uh, had the same question that everybody had was you know what happens to us right um because of actually all of the things that you said because we yeah. we immediately assumed and said oh, well you know what um nobody's going to want to pay for consultants sure I yeah. mean, we're we're going to be cut out immediately so I think the first couple of weeks were a little bit silent in in terms of we didn't really know what was going to happen with anything. Um, and uh, w- what we then realized, so going back to what worked well, is that um, I think businesses very quickly became vulnerable for help. And we just started having conversations. And some people, you know, and they, they started being having more of an open mind to testing. That's another word I think that a lot of business owners have sort of a, like a, love hate relationship yeah. because they don't know what really testing is and then for us it was you know introducing terms as hey we're going to we're going to do things we're going to move quickly we're going to fail fast again not not necessarily what something that you want to hear when you're like entering a pandemic um, but we we also you know right after that statement we would say we're going to be frugal and we're going to be agile, meaning we're gonna we're gonna test on, on 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 around minimum viable you know product concepts where we're gonna we're gonna spend the least amount of money to test if uh, an idea of value truly works. And going back to the mindset, those those partners that s- felt comfortable with that, they found the benefit of how you can actually evolve. Uh, with through testing and failing uh, and and through that practice, you really get to your optimal solution quicker. And again, you do that because you're not just designing something, but you're doing it through again the the feedback of those who you're trying to provide the service, and it's actually your customer who gives you the insight to pivot and make your design better. Um, one of the examples that we always give is again one of the phenomena that has come out of this uh, you know twenty twenty uh, uh, pandemic has been the the whole, you know, drive through experience going to curbside. And then now the whole everything gets delivered. And so a lot of a lot of these industries were pushed to really transform overnight. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to finish, you know, uh, with with one more uh, one more call out is um, this definitely has created a proof point that small businesses have a huge competitive advantage versus bigger uh, organizations in these times. Because we've had the opportunity to work with all all company sizes and where we've seen the most success in, again, in having really conquered this challenge have been in smaller businesses. Some business, businesses that had the ability to change overnight. Again, to to say... Okay. Yes, we're gonna we're we're gonna we're gonna build a curbside, and within 48 hours, you had a website and you had a capability because you didn't have to go through all the process yeah. to getting it approved. So, agility in these types of circumstances are um, are of great importance.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and I, I think with the agility, what's you know, from a small business perspective, agility outweighs capital, right? Mm. So you're, if your mindset is one to be curious, to constantly want to evolve to change things, but you're willing to adapt, you know, quickly, but you're able to stay agile, that does outweigh having the dollars to put behind it. Now, yes, as a business owner, is it great to have, you know, $50,000, $100,000 to invest in a solution? Sure. But there's a lot of ways that you can create a solution very quickly and actually be first to market or start conquering a market because you're, you're able to be agile. Much to Carlos's point, Typically, in large organizations, there's a lot of levels. There's bureaucracy. There's mm-hmm. I need to get this checked. I need to get that approved, which isn't bad for large organizations. But in times like this, it's hard to turn that ship, right? It's a big ship, and you're only turning it a degree, a degree at a time. A small business is, you know, the little dingy out on the lake that you can do a 360 in, you know, at the drop of a hat.
0: Yeah, you can flip your whole model right on right immediately. You don't have so many checks and balances to work through. That makes a lot of sense. And I think there's a whole other aspect to all of that, too, with a lot of the businesses that consumers that were like directly doing business with. It does make you think an additional time, I feel like personally about okay, do I really want to go support Amazon in this situation, or do I want to support this shop down the street? I think that when we're all hurting a little bit, it makes us even more so want to go help our neighbor, opposed to try to, you know, then again, reach out to something that is potentially even more convenient.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, the, the process we use to solve challenges is called design thinking. But okay. one, of the, one of the main pillars of that is empathy. Mm-hmm. And right now is a very empathetic time within, you know, our ecosystem, the world we're living in and people trying to display, like you said, that local empathy towards others. Yeah. But that's really allowed people to like embrace and understand what consumers need, how they're going to interact with your product, your service experience, and looking through the empathetic lens. I think people have really capitalized on how to truly connect their value with with customers or at the end of the day, humans. Mm hmm.
2: Yeah, I think an intrinsic benefit that um, any consumer has had during this time is that um, it has forced all companies, regardless of size, to truly, uh, to, to come out with the true colors of value. So if your, if your offer didn't really become relevant, then that was very relevant right it was very visible mm-hmm. and you saw that shift so i think that I, I would i would again i would i would say i'm 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 connecting that uh you know with uh, with jeff's comment because it's true going back to the community effect um if you are dialed into a community and your your value connects with the greater good mm-hmm. meaning your your value connects to the chain of greater value then I think that those those companies those businesses have had a higher success in survival and also in evolution because people again supported they were they were very you know we had we had a very strong community, but those businesses who did not connect clearly to a bigger value struggled mm-hmm. um, because they really became sort of obsolete and irrelevant in a moment where again you're you know, just think about even from a branding perspective. No traffic means your if your value isn't you know crystal clear, uh, people are not 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 only now not going to take the inconvenience, but r- literally weren't going to take a risk of going their way for something that they didn't found directly connected to their to their value to the need. Yeah,
1: and I, and I think businesses really through that optic saw you know. You live in your business and you mm-hmm. may think it's the best business and people need your services all the time, but it really recalibrated business owners to say, okay, we thought we were a critical business, but maybe we're just a nice to have. Mm-hmm. And so now we're in a nice to have category and no one's spending dollars with us. How do we become a critical business? Mm-hmm. Because we see that you know there are categories of nice to have, needed, or critical, mm-hmm. and those those businesses that reposition themselves to be critical for people are the ones who really, you know, thrive through most of 2020. And if you could shift what category you were in that made a huge impact or difference on, you know, top line revenue for your company, because you associated with a different buying behavior from a person, you know, or a human standpoint of, Oh, well, they're not nice to have. They are critical to my day to day. So even though we're in a pandemic, I'm gonna find out how to connect with this business or product or service or what it may be.
0: That makes a lot of sense. And I feel like if you're part of a business out there and that's something you're struggling with, that that's like hugely critical advice because especially at a time, even right now, as we're we're still in it, but we're maybe coming out of it around the corner, um, people are still holding, uh, holding things close to them as far as what their assets are because they're just, they can't get hit by anything else yet at this mm-hmm. point. And they are now trying to be even safer. Um, and so you, you want to make sure that you're in that category that makes sense for people. Um, so it's not, uh, not something that doesn't feel good, that it's something that people want and that you're able to tr- provide that true value. So that being said, who do you, uh, as you guys are providing value, what sorts of projects or things do you enjoy working on the most with businesses? Or are there certain types of businesses that you enjoy working with the most?
1: Yeah, I think we have different verticals. I think like yeah. we were um, talking beforehand, you yeah. know, as a company, we, we have a soft, a soft spot for the, you know, nonprofit and social impact sector. We mm-hmm. really enjoy working with them because not only are they a business, but they really have a purpose behind their business. Not to say all businesses don't, but when you are in the nonprofit or the social impact world, purpose is definitely at the forefront or it's how your business was formed, right? There was a cause, people rallied together and they created something. Uh, I, I enjoy that, it's nice because you get to see a lot of the empathy displayed and how to actually connect things that create impact on a one-to-one level with someone. Uh, I think one of our passion projects, as we said, is uh, disrupting education, yeah. right? And not, not in the bad way, right? It's, it's positive disruption, but it's seeing what's happened in our communities and how do we take that and really redefine the value for people and what are other opportunities? How do we help the next generation of, of you know, learners that are eventually gonna be in the workplace and shorten the gap from education to employment but on the skills that matter, right? The, the true values that employers are wanting, but the values that our society needs. So that's been a passion project of ours. Uh, but outside of that, I mean, we hit all sorts of different things. You know, Carlos would probably say building innovation capabilities within companies is like <laughs> yeah, his, his favorite, yes, right? it's fun.
2: I would, yeah, from, from a client perspective, I think uh, I, um, mindset is what makes the client engagement fun. Mm. Um, because I think uh, you know, uh, and, and one of the things that I really like about uh, you know the the out the outcome of BizLab is that it has really allowed us to work from any we call them anywhere from dream codes to bit codes. So people who were thinking about doing a business and walking them through again just that business vision to reality. Um, I think we have a lot of fun working with a startup community. I mean that's that's also been. Um, you know, given given the nature of our uh, of what we do, you know, design and innovation, uh, we, we've had the ability to work with with uh, with the startup community quite a bit. Um, small businesses, is definitely, I would say, you know, the, the 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 thick of what we do. I mean, it's and again, it's on that growth pattern. Um, but we've also had uh, some really good, uh, you know, bigger client partners that, again, given their their mindset, makes this type of work uh, pretty fun.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's, I think what, one thing we talk a lot about, too, is the intersection we're at, right? We're at a really cool place where we can take really high-level strategic knowledge that these big organizations can have or have access to, right, and can afford and help implement that in these smaller organizations that need it. But we can take the agility from smaller organizations and how they're evolving and help implement that back into the larger organizations who sometimes it's harder to turn the ship. So we 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 feel like we're at this cool point where we get to switch, you know, switch all this information and and help strategically on different ends of the spectrum because mm-hmm. of who we get to help.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it's really you're fitting the same needs in a different way for the different people and it's but really at the at the base of it. So that's a nice thing cuz I feel like it creates that sense of it's not super repetitive because it's all very very different, but at the same time you're getting to use the same skill set. Yeah. What is something that you have coming up that you're excited about that you guys are doing coming f- going forward? Are there big ideas on the horizon?
1: There are big ideas. Um, maybe to the, to the soon-to-be or hopeful-to-be entrepreneur, you know, as, ah. as BizLab, we're launching what's called the side hustle accelerator, and so it's, uh, it's six weeks, but it's five weeks of immersive learning on what it truly takes to move your idea. Um, all the way from maybe being on a napkin to being you know, potentially ready to take that jump. And then, so that's the first five weeks. And week six, there's a pitch day. So really <laughs> embracing the accelerator concept, but for people who have ideas outside of tech. And with that, we've got some community partners lined up. Um, I think there'll be some rewards given out um, or awards and uh, trying to really help foster that, that uh Entrepreneurial ecosystem here in Ankeny and and abroad, right? But uh, that's something excited, being able to give back to a community that has helped us and you know bring the next along with us. So I, I'm looking forward to that.
2: Uh, absolutely, I think uh, uh, for me, it's uh, you know it, it's aligned to our, our our passion project, like Jeff alluded to, in you know in this whole journey of disrupting. I think that we've had again the the luxury and and just serendipity opportunity to engage you know pretty pretty amazing partners locally here with the with the school district and um, you know I'm gonna I'm gonna name one of them which we 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 partner very closely but having the ability to work with Orbis um, who has a really uh, a really cool uh, program for you know trying to create more innovators Um, I think that that's another thing that's really starting to shape up is we we are starting to get Quite a bit of momentum in 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 uh, creating these new proof of, proof of concepts where you know students can get exposed to more of that hands-on uh, experience, learning the the skills that are in in what I consider we 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 both agree, Jeff and I, uh, are the new skills to be sought after, you know, in 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 the next generation, which is. You know how do you how do you get young minds to be more curious and how do you get young minds to take more risks and uh, don't be afraid of failing forward, having the ability to build critical thinking skills um, and so we're we're maybe that's that's still to come but we're we're really working hard on creating uh, some potential offerings that we can provide uh, and again this would be on the on the on the education side so. That's very exciting, and the nonprofit wor- uh, world that I, I think that that's always something there we've had again the the privilege of working with a lot of nonprofits and most recently with with uh with bigger uh, bigger organizations within that that world um just having the ability to deploy design thinking and social impact challenges is just amazing uh again because of what uh Jeff alluded it they're just so close to a human need so um yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of fun things oh. Yeah.
0: They right. do sound really fun and exciting. It makes me want to join in. Uh, well, I'm always <laughs> looking
1: for people with ideas. So yeah. when that comes,
0: uh, expect maybe a text or an email. Yeah, of course. Yep. And I, I started my career journey as a teacher, and so it always excites me when people are passionate about trying to integrate educational disruption in and trying to create new experiences for kids, so I love that. Uh, You've given a lot of advice to other business owners and people that may be looking to make the jump, but just to have a really nice ender here, what would be one piece of advice that you would give to someone that has not yet made that jump but has that idea, or it's a side hustle and they're trying to make it a full-time gig? What would you tell them?
2: Alice, you get to go first. You know, I'm gonna go back to my original uh, analogy. Um, I think I think taking the the jump is is definitely a, uh, a huge step, and mm-hmm. it's a decision that needs to be taken individually. So I would say, um, don't ever let anybody push you out of the plane. You have you have to be the one that jumps. But maybe uh, fr- from this side, um, I can tell you, don't be afraid because you're not alone. Um, I, I think you know be ready to res- receive a, a very active community with one ca- caveat to that though, is that um, I think it's the uh, again the mindset and, and, and openness to receiving feedback. Um, and this is really based on um, the experiences that we've had helping business businesses and business owners. Um, if you don't have uh, if you don't have the openness to get feedback and and really leverage your community. Um, then it's going to be a little bit harder and and said it differently and hopefully and 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 just more simple you know layman layman's terms don't don't build it alone don't do it alone there's no reason why you should do it alone even if you are doing you know again a, a business and your journey as a solopreneurship or whatever that is you don't have to do it alone there is a very very strong vital active a very very dynamic and and a pay pay it forward culture out there of people that will support you. Mm-hmm. So again, it, it is frightening. Uh, again, mm-hmm. it, uh, you know, going back to the the whole airplane thing, and like I said, I would never do it again. So it is very, very, very <laughs> frightening. Um, but um, once you make that uh, that decision, which again has to be responsible, I think everybody you will be surprised on how much support you you receive on the other side.
1: Yeah, I would agree. I think the community piece is big, um, and Carlos's point of staying connected to feedback is hypercritical in, in your success. You know, we often refer to people's businesses as their baby, right? And when, mm-hmm. when you give feedback, you no know, you never want someone to say your baby's ugly. But if everyone's saying your baby's ugly, listen, right? Mm. You know, if if you're making water bottles and they're like, no, this design's terrible, this, you know, and, and that's what you're getting back, lean into that. Don't run from it. Um, so I, I would agree with Carlos's piece. The other thing i I might add is And this is probably why I took the jump or or the, the conversation I had that made me take the jump was all about risk, right? People are so concerned with risk. For me, the conversation was, what's riskier? Hoping your current organization has your best interests in mind, or is it putting all your chips in on yourself? And if you believe in yourself and you think you can do it, you build the right community, that actually seems a little bit less risky than hoping someone else has your best interests in mind. So... Maybe I'd leave it with that.
0: Love it. Thank you both so much. There's no doubt in my mind that you are making a big impact here in Ankeny and that that will have a ripple effect through our extended community here. So thank you for what you're doing, and thank you for taking the time to be here.
2: Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you really good work.
0: Thank you for listening to the Amplify Iowa podcast. If you enjoy these stories, please leave us a review. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and follow Amplify Iowa on social media. A-M-P-L-I-F-I-A. Amplify Iowa. Small businesses. Doing big things.